This is Women's Leadership Success dot com radio episode number twenty five how women leaders can increase their productivity and erase procrastination we will be talking to the author of the now habit at work dr neil fiore take a few moments and listen to dr fiore and sabrina brahm to learn some powerful ways to stay motivated and focused to increase your productivity And listen for a special offer at the end of the show on how to get a free copy of my new $89 course, The 15 Secrets Guaranteed to Help Women Get Promoted and Become Better Leaders. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brahm and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life, no matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Sabrina Brahm with womensleadershipsuccess.com. In this segment of Women's Leadership Success Radio, we will be talking to Dr. Neil Fiore, the author of The Now Habit at Work, um, and Dr. Fiore is a psychologist, coach, speaker, and author of six books, including The Now Habit at Work. His work has been cited in the New England Journal of Medicine, the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Excuse me. And in the, Is that right, the Wall Street Journal? Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Neil. Uh, yes, thank you. And I would like you to tell the name of your book again, because I could see I was going to fracture it, so if you would... Please tell us what it is. The Now Habit at Work, Perform Optimally, Maintain Focus, and Ignite Motivation in Yourself and Others. And it's a John Wiley book from 2010. Great. And what was your inspiration for writing this book? Well, the original version of The Now Habit is The the Now Habit, Overcome Procrastination While Enjoying Guilt-Free Play. And versions of that book came out in 1989. Uh, there's a newer version in 07. But I wanted a book that was really much more for business people, not so much about procrastination, but performing more optimally, more efficiently, staying more focused, getting rid of perfectionism, the kinds of clients that, the kind of problems that my coaching clients seem to have. Because these are middle management people, male and female, and some are entrepreneurs. They are sometimes CEOs or they have their own partnerships. And they're not procrastinating. They're extremely busy, but they're not as efficient as they would like to be, and they don't feel as fulfilled as they could be. Great. In your book, you talk about doubling your productivity at the same time reducing your stress. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, one of the main techniques in the book is something I call centering. And, by the way, for your listeners, there is a centering exercise on my website, which is Mm neilfiore.com, spelled N-E-I-L-F-I-O-R-E. And under free articles, they can get the centering exercise, which is a one-minute exercise of three to 12 breaths. So you inhale, you hold the breath, you tighten some muscles, you pull in your stomach like in Pilates, and then you exhale and float down into the chair. And 
you are shutting off the stress hormones in 15 to 60 seconds or 30 seconds, really. You're shutting off the stress hormones. You float down into the chair, which means your mind is aware of the chair in the present moment, of being held by the chair, being held by your autonomic nervous system. You're really connecting to your right brain, so you're using more of your brain cell power, and you've just shut off both anxiety and stress. And people who have used that technique use 3 to 12 breaths when they transition from one project to the next. The other part of the centering exercise is you are exhaling away thoughts about the last project, the last telephone call, the commute, the kids. You're freeing your mind of the past. Next one to three breaths. Exhale and free your mind of thoughts about the so-called future. It really doesn't exist. And three breaths to choose to be in the current moment in front of this task for 15 to 30 uninterrupted minutes. All aspects of your mind and body focused on this one task. So by doing that, some of my clients have been able to shut off their stress, shut off their anxiety, and I believe tap in to their subconscious and their superconscious brain so they bring more brain cell power to the project. They've more than doubled their productivity while lowering their stress. And in some cases, because they double their productivity and that's directly connected to their income, many of them have doubled their income in as little as two months. Wow. It's it's such a, a brilliantly simple idea, and yet when I think about it, most people aren't paying attention to what's what they're doing or what's going on right in the moment. They're jumping ahead, right? Yeah, well, we live in a world with multiple demands, and as you know, uh, women especially are quite often expected to take on obligations for other people. Sometimes it means the parents who might be elderly. It Sometimes it means kids, you know, get caught in that middle generation taking care of both kids and parents. And so there are a lot more demands, and sometimes they're just assumed and expected. And we need to have sanctuaries of at least 15 to 30 minutes to focus on big tasks. We need some protection from interruptions. And those people who are chronically interrupted, sometimes like high school principals, are not going to get the main task started. So we want to be able to focus on getting started. And I use that very purposefully because I know my clients say, I have to get all these things done. Well, you have to get it done. Done is always in the future. So you've automatically created anxiety, which is stuck energy trying to get into an imaginary time period. You have not told your mind and body or your workers, your employees, where to start, when to start, what to start on. So I'm going to start for 15 minutes at 2 o'clock. I'm going to focus on this particular project, Project A, at which point I'll be smarter. I'll know more about what to do in 15 minutes than I know now. Just start here. And you use your exhalation. Exhaling, by the way, shifts you to parasympathetic relaxation response, peaceful response, as opposed to stress response. Automatically communicates to your mind and body the leader, the human, has decided it is safe to exhale. It is safe to sit still. I don't need the fight-flight response. I'm not really asking for distractions. So it's it's just 
really, really great information. So once you do that and once you're present, what are the next steps? You you talk in your book about choice. What does that mean? So in in my book, The Now Habit, a strategic program for overcoming procrastination while enjoying guilt-free play, that's a torture penguin book, I talk about the importance of discovering at a very young age, well, at 22, that, in fact, when I was telling myself I have to jump out of this airplane because I was in the paratroopers and hearing another part of me say, forget about it, I don't want to, <laughs> I was stuck and I, I could not move. I had a lack of motivation. I looked like a procrastinator. And I kept saying to myself, you have to. And, of course, another part was saying, forget about it, I don't want to, this is crazy. And it was one of the highest levels of stress I've ever experienced. And I couldn't move, and I didn't know how I was going to get out of the plane. Well, to make a long story short, watching someone else who did it inappropriately, uh, who was ambivalent about it, I decided I'm not going to leave the plane that way. His body, by the way, bounced off the the outside of the plane because he didn't eat correctly. And that's an extremely dangerous thing to do. The other thing that we knew was that if you hesitate, the sergeant will kick you out which also is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so I chose and decided that I was going to leave the plane under my own power, even though I was frightened and I wasn't going to do it the way the first guy did. And so I very consciously put my hands on the outside of the plane, the way you're supposed to, bent my knees, looked up in the direction I was going, and I chose to leave the plane in a way that was optimal. And by the time I landed, having fallen about... 1,500 feet, I didn't have a scratch, I laughed, and I realized there's a third place. It's not just you have to versus I don't want to. There's choice. There's a third place. I can choose to do it. And when I chose to do it, all these other forces integrated around my leadership vision of leaving that plane safely and optimally. Mm -hmm. Now, that was something before I was a psychologist because I wasn't going to go to graduate school for another, well, six or seven years. So um, I didn't know all the implications of that, except that really helped me in graduate school. I lived my life from choice rather than ambivalence. And I hear people saying in one sentence, I have to do all of this work, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Well, you've just split yourself into two parts, and that will show itself as inner conflict. If you think of two fists pressing against each other, have to versus I don't want to, and then moving those fists so that your fingers come to a point or an arrowhead in front of you, that arrowhead, that third place, the top of the pyramid, the top of the triangle, is choice. And these forces come together going from pressing against each other in conflict to following and adding energy to your vision, your leadership vision. So it improves your leadership. Now, in my new book, and I'll have it at work, I'm bringing in what I know from neuropsychology and the use of the human brain, the human forehead, operating from what they call the prefrontal cortex, the leadership function, that choice only exists in the human forehead. It's the only place on the planet. You are acting like a true human when you choose surgery, you choose a root canal, you choose to start working on your income tax, 
you choose to show up facing a project that a part of you says, I don't want to, mm-hmm. or boring, or exercise, and I don't want to, I'm choosing. I choose. I choose to delay gratification and not eat a piece of cheesecake. I choose, so on, to go to bed earlier, and so on. Those are choices. It's very. It's it's, it's motivating. It's it's exciting just hearing about it. Um, yeah, and you're building up your executive power. You're building up your leadership muscles because every time you choose to do something and break that inner conflict, you are literally setting up neural pathways down getting rid of the fight-flight brain, the mammal brain, the monkey brain, the mm-hmm. brain, and you are living your life as a true human being. Wow. That's that's great. And what about safety? Safety is crucial because if we think of stress as a survival response to messages of danger, then we need a message of safety to shut off the alarm, to shut off the danger signal. Now, unless you're in a war zone and you're being shot at or you're being threatened with losing your job, mm-hmm. most of the stress is coming from our own messages of danger. Mm-hmm such as I couldn't stand it if that happened, I would feel miserable. I hear people say this you know, every week. I would. I ask them, I go, well, what will happen if, if that happens? What will you do? Well, I'll feel miserable. I'll hate myself. I couldn't stand it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, these are threats. So how are you going to repair that sense of threat with yourself? How will you make yourself safe? I call these Neil's stupid questions. <laughs> like, how will you stop stressing yourself? How will you soothe yourself? How will you make yourself safe? I call them stupid because people aren't doing it. They don't think about it. Right? But this is a central part of my repertoire, you know, my way of living my life because I'm a cancer survivor. You know, when I was 32, I was told I had one year to live, and it's like I wanted very quickly to value my time and live it without stress. Mm-hmm. So it's a developing a sense of your worth is safe with me. I didn't mean to scare you. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what they say, regardless of what happens in the stock market, I might be worried, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to make you feel bad today. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like holding a crying, sick child over your heart and saying, yes, I'm here. I can accept you as a human being. I understand you're scared. I understand you're uncomfortable. I can be with you and the child falls asleep in a minute or two usually. Mm-hmm. It sounds like um, first you have to notice that you're you're anxious or scared or stressed. You have to start noticing that. Very good, uh, yes. And notice it as something that is not acceptable any longer. It's, it's just not part, it's part of the old regime, but the new regime is taking over. The new, more compassionate, more effective leader is running her life. So you notice these things. In fact, I would suggest to your listeners that you take one to two days and just notice what your default responses are, what your reactions are, what your favorites are, what comes to you initially. Notice how you threaten yourself, how you allow things to evoke a fight-flight response, which is the equivalent of running a 100-yard dash, you know, running out of the office, running away from the computer, as opposed to its 
safe to sit still. I'm exhaling. I'm choosing to be here. You're mm-hmm. safe with me. I didn't mean to scare you. And by the way, most of this is accomplished without thinking about it. Just by taking three-part breathing. Inhale. Hold your breath. Tighten some muscles. Pull in your stomach. Exhale completely. Float down into the support of the chair, the floor, and at night, the bed. You're already starting to shut off the stress hormones, and they are back to normal in 20 to 30 seconds. Wow, that's that's really incredible. And what you're what you're giving is a whole wonderful method to have a way to choose a different way of behaving. Uh, what what I find a lot in people is they think, however you know, however they are, that's the way it is. Oh yeah, right. And what you're saying is, no, you can really change that, and it doesn't have to be too difficult. Take some deep breaths and pay attention. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I know. I, it's, you know, it's very common these days to say, it is what it is. Oh, right. No, it's not. No, that doesn't have to be that way. No, you accept that. Well, it is stressful. My job is stressful. In fact, I've, I've written it on Facebook recently. You know, um, <laughs> I'd like my, you know, the mythology is my job is stressful, therefore I'm stressed. Right. Oh. No. No, you are in charge of your own little atmosphere. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I don't control. Grant me the courage to work on what I can. And grant me the, the wisdom to know the difference, as they say in the serenity prayer. Right. Brilliant. But, uh, no, the external stressors don't necessarily have to enter your atmosphere into your heart. You push them aside and go, oh, no, that's not acceptable. Well, the, the one of the biggest ex, uh, internal stressors for a lot of women is perfectionism. Yes. And can you talk about how to begin to dissolve that or change that? Mm-hmm. Well, perfectionism, first off, of course, is denial because no one can be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately it's, it's an impossible task. I love it. I love it. So it's impossible to understand that's the part of you that's in denial. But more importantly, it's the part that you are not accepting yourself as a human being, which is terrible. You're really being dictatorial with yourself, and you're basically saying to a child, to yourself, or to your brain, you must be perfect. Otherwise, I won't stand it. I will criticize you. And by the way, attempting to be perfect is going to take twice as long, right? Mm-hmm. It takes twice as long to get an A+. And if you cut that in half, the perfectionist thinks they're going to get an F. In fact, they're just going to get a B plus or an A-. Mm-hmm. You don't learn, you don't get that much more by doubling your time trying to be perfect. But it also says, I am so fragile, my worth is so fragile, that if anyone criticizes me or finds a mistake, I will be devastated and hate myself. So it's part of that dictatorial voice again, as opposed to, listen, I'm human. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes, and by the way, this is my work. Please criticize it and help me improve it. This is not my worth. You do not get to judge my worth today. Right, and it also, if you if you don't let go of this, you're not going to make a good manager. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the people who are the most effective are the people who hand the work in early, get feedback, and by the way, if you work with a perfectionist, it's inadequate to say, give them just a deadline. You must say to them, give me a rough, rough draft by 4 o'clock, I'll go over it with you, 
make sure you're on the right spot, and then you can give me something again, you know, at 11 tomorrow. But you want frequent check-in, frequent feedback, so you know you're on the right spot. You're not doing a lot of extra work, and you want to do that with yourself. So I want to really address the issue when your worth is safe with you, when you have shut off the stress hormones by communicating that regardless of what happens, your worth is safe with me. I will not let this ruin our evening. Certainly, I don't want to let it ruin our weekend. I'm not going to be beating you up all the time. Then this is just my work. I've broken that terrible puritanical equation that says your worth is determined by your work or your net worth. No, no one gets to judge the worth of my child. No one gets to judge my worth as an individual. This is just my work. Let me hand it in early and get criticism and feedback so I can improve it. Wow, that's great. We're we're going to run out of time here. I wondered, is there any last point you want to make in terms of your book? Well, I I have an, a number of strategies because one of the reasons I wrote this book to now have it at work was because usual uh, management leadership books do not include some essential psychological principles. Mm -hmm. So I wanted people to have that, business people to have it. I wanted my coaching clients to have it. So the centering exercise is key. Operating from choice, and choice is not just a word. When I choose to do it, it doesn't mean a part of me wants to do it. I am overriding it with my human brain. I'm overriding the lower human uh, tendencies of the brain, lower brain. I am choosing. That means your forehead would light up on a functional MRI <laughs> or operating as a human being. So mm-hmm. operate as a human being, living life from choice, break the inner conflict. Do not tolerate ambivalence in yourself. That's when accidents happen. So I am choosing to show up in safety and presence and inner peace. Have a leader's vision and mission statement that says, one of the main things in my life is inner peace. I quickly get rid of stress by making my worth safe with me. That's a beautiful, beautiful mantra for us to all have, is a a commitment to ourselves and inner peace. That's beautiful. Where can people get your book, Neil? Well, they can get it from Amazon, and they can get it from Barnes & Noble. They can get it from uh, quality bookstores. And it's The Now Habit, The Now Habit at Work, Awaken Your Strongest Self is a more psychological book for integrating all aspects of yourself around your higher brain. We've been talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a McGraw-Hill book. So uh, if people go to Amazon. They can get descriptions if they go to my website, neilfiore.com, spelled N-E-I-L-F-I-O-R-E.com. They can get descriptions of all my books. And also, uh, they can get a link to my blog spot as well and my newsletter. Oh, that's great. Thanks for listening today. The first 10 people who fill out the survey at womensleadershipsuccess.com to let us know what is, is important to you before June 1st, will be eligible to win a copy of the new course, The 15 Secrets Guaranteed to Help Women Get Promoted and Be Better Leaders. Goodbye for now. 
Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brom, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.